Today's episode is all about DeAndre Hopkins. Should he come home? And if he does, how would his presence boost the wide receiving core for the Houston Texans? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers from the Himalayas. We see y'all players checking in with us on this Monday, this beautiful Memorial Day. Have some fun. If you are new to the Locked On Texan Podcast, do Cody and myself a favor. Make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Including, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, Stitcher Microphone, Spotify. Also, subscribe on YouTube as well. Hit subscribe, like, and then comment in that order. I am John, some sports guy Hickman, joined by none other than Houston Texan credential media member and a writer for the Sports Illustrated group and family, Cody Davis, here to discuss whether or not <laughs> the return of the second greatest wide receiving Texan Texan in in history, Texan history, DeAndre Hopkins should return home if Houston has him as a player that they want to bring in on their radar. And then if he does get here, what does that do for the wide receiving group, which is something that mm-hmm. Cody and I has been discussing for the past couple of days, whether it's in, in the capacity of quarterback and that outlook or the wide receiver group in Robert Woods in itself. Cody, when we look at DeAndre Hopkins, came off a suspension last year for PD use. However, was still able to go out and grab three touchdowns to go along with 717 yards off of 64 catches and missed, what was it, six games, seven, eight games, something like that? Six. Missed six games. Uh, still played some good football for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, however, that relationship is over and done with. They released him last week. He is now looking for a team that can contend, a team that has a good defense, a team that has a good quarterback play. And um, mm. I don't know if Houston fits everything that he's looking for in terms of check, 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 you know. Uh, but there's always sometimes a soft spot whenever you are traded. You always want to go back to the team that originally drafted you, you know, in some cases. And Houston is just a great city. And so when we look at DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins now coming back to Houston and that idea, does it make sense? It only makes sense. Look, you have to look at this from several different reasons. I'm not about to sit here and say, Of course, without a shadow of a doubt, the Houston Texans should reunite with DeAndre Hopkins. However, you have to look at seven different factors. First and foremost, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I'm not sure if he really had something going on or he was just passing up the stadium. But on Saturday, DeAndre Hopkins knew what he was doing when he took a picture of NRG Stadium in his car to let everybody know that he was in Houston passing by his own his old stumping ground and of course that sent twitter and instagram in an uproar because everybody of course was speculating whether or not that meant he had a meeting but john ever since um deandre hopkins got 
release from the Arizona Cardinals on Friday. Of course, this has been a topic of discussion. Should DeAndre Hopkins return to the Houston Texans? And I'm going to go on record and say, yes, he should. Um, in a second segment, we're going to get into, you know, how he can potentially help this wide receiving core. But as of right now, John, you have to look at it from a standpoint. It only makes sense if the money is right, because in the midst of DeAndre Hopkins wanting to go to a contender, in the midst of DeAndre Hopkins wanting to go and play for an established quarterback, and of course the Houston Texans do not have neither one of those as of right now. However, they do have, in my opinion, something else he is looking for, which is a stable head coach and a stable general manager. Nick Casario has been here for three years now, and regardless of how you felt about what he has been doing ever since he became the general manager, I think it's safe to say that, especially if the 2023 campaign is a success, that Nick Casario is going to be here for at least the next two to three years. And then, of course, the excitement and the the, the excitement and the expectations surrounding Coach D'Amico Ryan's, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, he's going to be here for the next couple of years, you know, regardless of how next season plays out. So the Houston Texans can check those two boxes. However, John, the biggest thing to me is if there's interest, and there should be interest between DeAndre Hopkins and the Houston Texans, um, it's all about the money for me. You know, as of right now, Laramie Tunso for this upcoming season is going to be the highest paid Texan. Um, he has a cap hit of $26.6 million. The next player is going to be Titus Howard. He's coming in at a little bit over $13 million. So if the Texans can, can sign DeAndre Hopkins to a deal that is roughly around, let's say, what... I think I'm going to go with Mike Evans, who makes someone a ballpark to 15 to 16 million. Then I will say, go ahead on and do it. Because regardless of how the last two years of DeAndre Hopkins have played out, there's still a guy when healthy. He is still one of the top wide receivers in the game. And John, like I mentioned in the second segment, we're going to talk about how he can improve not just the wide receiving core, but this team, but only if the money is right. And then a lot of people are going to hit us and say, why in the world would DeAndre Hopkins will want to come back to the Houston Texans, given how bad his relationship with this franchise ended. And it's kind of ironic that we're talking about money in DeAndre Hopkins with the Texans, because that was one of the primary reasons why the Texans traded him back in March of 2020. But, you know, he deserved his money then. When healthy, he still deserves his money now. And everybody that DeAndre Hopkins had a sour relationship, they're no longer here. Whether that be Jack Easterby, Bill O'Brien, which I don't believe he's going to sign with the New England Patriots. I don't know where that room was coming from. Why would he reunite with Bill O'Brien out of all people? But a lot of the people, a lot of the personnel members who he had problems with in the past here in the city of Houston, they're no longer here. And not only that, it's also very important. I think this should be a strategy for the Houston Texans to go ahead and resign him because the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> And Deshaun Watson are one of the teams, one of the quarterbacks who are interested in signing D-Hop. We have the Cleveland Browns first-round pick. It should be a strategy because if you sign him away, that gives Deshaun Watson one less weapon. And for those of you who might have forgot how good the D-Hop and Watson pairing can be, those two guys won, I believe, a combined of 
22 to 24 regular season games between 2018 and 2019. So, you know, I'm just saying it's a strategy, in my opinion. But other teams that's interested in DeAndre Hopkins at this time are the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City. One thing that DeAndre Hopkins said that I loved actually was uh, he wants a QB that loves the game and a QB who can bring everybody on board with him and pushes not only himself, but the people around him. Uh, we haven't seen C.J. Stroud play any NFL action as of yet, but this young man has quickly gathered the love and respect in the locker mm-hmm. room, and I think that he will be one of those quarterbacks that will elevate not only the offense but the defensive play as well because you just want to go out there and win for your quarterback. But, Cody, one thing that you mentioned was the money. The money is huge for me, right? And you mm-hmm. say the ballpark of Mark, Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 to 16 million. Right, I'm looking at for the Houston Texans. Uh, they don't necessarily have a lot of cap space as of right now, so looking at the possibility of signing Deshaun DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, <laughs> uh, Christian Kirksey post June cut, you'll be able to save five million. Mm. Uh, Scott Quisenberry, two point four million. Now this is a name that you you guys probably probably won't want to hear. But Jerry Hughes, you'll save $3.5 million post-June cut. June is in a couple of days. And so for Houston, if this is a move that they really want to make and they say to themselves, DeAndre Hopkins does so much for the wide receiving room, which does so much for the tight end group, which does so much for our rookie quarterback, and he'd be a guy that we believe, again, when healthy, maybe for a two-year, you know, sign up for a two-year deal, two to three year deal, you know, he can be a part of getting our rookie quarterback accustomed to the NFL because he's done it with a rookie quarterback before. He's done it with a Brock Oswald before. Hmm. He's done it with a Kyler Murray before. He's done it with a Matt Shaw before. He's done it with like he's done it with so many different quarterbacks. Why wouldn't he be able to do it for our rookie quarterback? And so the idea of bringing DeAndre Hopkins back in off 16 and Kirby, which the troll jaw was amazing for the weekend, <laughs> right? But that idea should, at the very least, be a real conversation between head coach, general manager, you know, personal own management in terms of the Cal McNairs because, yeah, you would be able to – your bottom line will increase because people now want to come see what they're hyped for, which is a team – which rookie quarterback and, and and wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, this would be a better team, and you'll be able to put more wins in the win columns uh, compared to the past two seasons. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't Win. There's great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app. Most importantly, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official betting partner of the NBA and the NFL. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Monday installment of Locked On Texans. And we're going to continue our DeAndre Hopkins show. And, John, we got to dive into it. If the Houston Texans reunite with DeAndre Hopkins, without a shadow of a doubt, I believe that he's going to have an opportunity to help improve this wide receiving core. We have talked about whether or not this wide receiving group is the weakest position group. Um, entering OTAs, entering training camp. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, we said on this show that, you know, if the if there is a situation where Nick Asirio and Kamika Ryans can add a solid piece to that position group, they might as well go ahead on and do it. And when you look at the market right now, and at least in my opinion, I don't think there is no better wide receiver to add than DeAndre Hopkins. Now, before I go into how he can help improve this core, I do want to say this. I do understand that DeAndre Hopkins is not the guy that he was here a couple years ago here in the city of Houston. I understand that he is not the guy that did that between the leg catch. You remember that, John? That between the leg catch a few years ago that I think might be one of the greatest catches of all times. So unfortunately, it didn't count. I do believe for those Cowboy fans out there that he's not the guy that caught that game winning reception. Remember when he caught it between two defenders and then he spun out of them and the Houston Texans was able to win that Sunday night game. I believe that happened in 2018, 2019, if I'm not mistaken. I understand that that version of DeAndre Hopkins is long gone and of course when you consider the fact that he has been injured over the last few seasons especially with the mc mcl tear that he had in 2021 that that kind of hindered his play however once again when healthy deandre hopkins is still one of the better wide receivers in the league and look nine games last year Coming off a of suspension, still recovering from an MCL tear, DeAndre Hopkins was still good enough to put up a little bit over 700 receiving yards in three touchdowns. And when you consider what the Houston Texans are working with, with their wide receiving core, Robert Wood, Noah Brown, Nico Collins, um, Xavier Hutchinson, Tankdale, John Mechie, that is your core as of right now. You add DeAndre Hopkins into that, not only is that going to improve the wide receiver unit not only is that going to give um cj stroud an opportunity to have another veteran a a really good veteran to rely upon when he's out there on the field but at the same time i believe that deandre hopkins can also benefit from returning to the texans because he's not going to have that same pressure to go out there every single sunday sunday and be the all pro wide receiver that we are used to because if they re-sign DeAndre Hopkins, I will feel a lot more comfortable in the Houston Texans using that all hands on deck approach that we talked about a couple weeks ago. My thoughts when I look at the addition, the possible ad- addition of uh DeAndre Hopkins is again, he's gonna be your undoubted number one wide receiver. So mm-hmm. that allows you to be top heavy, but that also allows you to take your time with the younger receivers. The big thing with this roster right now, looking at the receiving core, is it's so split down the middle in terms of who's on your roster that has maybe one or less years of experience compared to guys and and looking at the talent and how that talent balances it out, who has over three years of NFL experience, right? And so, Nico, 
three years of NFL experience going into his third year. Robert Woods, Noah Brown, this is Amari Rogers' third year in the NFL. But when you look at the projected talent from the NFL vets from the wide receiver group on this team compared to the rookies and the guys with no NFL experience, I think the talent goes towards the younger guys. The experience goes towards the vets, of course. When you add the you know the potential former best wide receiver in the game, that allows your offensive coordinator to get comfortable with doing some things offensively that because from a talent standpoint and a vet standpoint who has won consistently at the NFL level for the past you know half a decade or so, you can trust him to go out there and do things. And now you have a Robert Woods who has been a damn good number two option since he's entered the league, especially during his time with the L.A. Rams. Well, okay, now he's in a comfortable position as well because we can use him in the areas that he's comfortable with. He can win those battles and matchups. As an offensive coordinator, now I'm looking at the big guy, Nico Collins. How can I get you involved to be my red zone target, my possession receiver? For my smaller guys, my John Metchies, my Tank Dales, how can I get you involved to be able to win with some of these option routes, whip routes, motioning you across the field, drag routes? And so from an offensive standpoint, I think adding DeAndre Hopkins just opened the playbook up, hmm. honestly. That allows you to really be able to – because he's seen it all, right? He's seen the – the vanilla play out of Tim Kelly. He's seen the Bill O'Brien offense. He's he's seen the the, uh, the offense with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. That first year when he had fourteen hundred yards, we thought that was going to be an unbeatable, you know, uh, tandem. He's seen it all. So bringing him back to a West Coast variation uh, style of offense that opens up your playbook. Now you go from being able to confidently say we got five plays that we know we can run it beat teams with no matter the coverage maybe about 10 to 15 now because you have a wide receiver that understand how to beat these matchups these corners these safeties find a soft zone can run every route and then if he's on fire then what what are the teams gonna do they're gonna focus in on deandre hopkins hmm. now they got you know they got a, a, a corner with a safety hip over the top now you got the the young guys that can just flat out beat you with speed and footwork and things of that nature. And so adding him, man, I think we look at the addition for DeAndre Hopkins for uh for for rookie CJ Stroud. That's a gift in the bread basket of Bobby Sloat. Because as an OC, I'm thinking, oh, he can open up some things for us. And now we can get some of these younger guys accustomed to the NFL by putting them in situations that, at the very least, your talent and your speed will be able to help you win those situations. You know what I think the biggest issue might be if DeAndre Hopkins does resign with the Texans? Who's going to wear number 10? <laughs> that's the only – no, no, I'm just saying, because you know who has number 10 as of right now. <laughs> hey, listen. You know who has number 10 right now, and he has the rights to it. Davis Mills has the rights to number 10. Well, you know, on tomorrow's podcast, we got to talk about whether or not Davis Mills is going to be in his roster come August. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world. I hope you guys are enjoying your Memorial Day off, because I know I am. Over the weekend, PFF dropped their top offensive tackles in the NFL. This list was created by Gordon McGinnis, 
This list included Lane Johnson and Jordan uh, Malata, Christian Derisar and Brian O'Neill, Penay Sewell and Taylor Decker, Ronnie Stanley and Morgan, Morgan Moses, uh, Terrence Steele, Tyrone Smith, no Titus Howard, no Laramie Tunsil, a duo that only allowed three sacks. I think there may be an opportunity to count four sacks against them, but only allowed at the most four sacks last season. Jake Matthews and Caleb McGarry is on this list for the Atlanta Falcons. Colton Miller and Jermaine Elamore and Eler Eler Illuminor. I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name, but the uh, Raiders duo is on this list over Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil just reset the market for the tackles in the NFL. How absurd is this list and how much disrespect has the Houston Texans got? It's absurd. A couple of months, man. It's bad. It's absurd without a shadow of a doubt. But, John, this just goes more into the disrespect that the Houston Texans have been getting. And, look, I understand it. We talk about the disrespect towards the Houston Texans because people are not really giving them their justice, giving them the credit that they, that they deserve for the few talent that they did have on this team and currently still got because even though we are excited about Will Anderson and CJ, um, the, those guys haven't – to taking a snap in the NFL, so we get all that. However, there is no possible way that you can call yourself a football analyst, a football reporter, and everything else in between and say that the duo of Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard are not top 10, top 5 duos, offensive tackles in this game. I don't understand it at all. And when we talk about the disrespect that the Houston Texans have been getting over the last three seasons, I understand it. Majority of them was their fault. However, you cannot deny those two guys, especially those two who probably been the top two, top three players for this organization over the last two to three seasons. Then you got to take a look at how the way they started ranking the running backs. Um, PFF released their best running backs under the age of 25. Of course, Jonathan Taylor deserved to be number one. I understand that. But at number two, you have Brees Hall. Make that make sense. When, when both of those guys was healthy, Damian Pierce did have him beat in rushing yards, and Damian Pierce was the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year before he went down with his ankle injury, which, by the way, Hall also had a season-ending injury for himself as well. So I don't understand it. Once again, I just think that this is pure disrespect to the organization, and this is another reason why the 2023 season is going to be very important because now, since the Houston Texans are finally looking looking like a stable franchise and a franchise that has some promise, I don't think we're going to see too many of these lists that's that that that's going to exclude the Houston Texans moving forward. Yeah, man. So I did look. Titus Howard allowed three sacks last season. So it was four between Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil combined. When I look at Christian Derisaw and Brian O'Neill, 11 sacks between the two combined uh, allowed sacks last season. So um, the the list also has to do – here's the funny thing about their list, right? The Eagles, Super Bowl, made the playoffs. The Vikings made the playoffs. Uh, the Cowboys made the playoffs. So those are three playoff teams. You also got to remember the Detroit Lions gathered a lot of viewership this year because of how they turned things around. And then 
the last game of the year <clears throat> kind of came down to either them making the playoffs if someone else lost or them spoiling the Green Bay Packers' chances. <laughs> so you got you got the Vikings. The Ravens are the Ravens. Um, the Broncos, who had Gary Bowles and Mike McGlinchey, a, a, a lineman that we talked about before when we talked about looking at the Titus Howard contract and what he could possibly be on the market for. As bad as the season they had this year, their quarterback was still Russell Wilson, and they had some primetime games. And so what I'm getting at is Houston had one primetime game this year, the yeah, Thursday night game, and I don't really count that because every team was scheduled to have a Thursday night game. So that was like a given. A lot of these teams, like when I look at these teams, I'm seeing teams with multiple primetime games, multiple opportunities for the national media and national guys to look and say, okay, this is what this player is doing on a consistent basis in terms of, honestly, the Houston Texans, only one, still a primetime game, got to count it, only one primetime game. You're not checking for a team when they had w, David Cully the year before and Levy Smith the, the year presently, right? That's only won seven games in the past two years. You're not checking for a team like that. And I think when we look at a lot of these lists and rankings, that plays into a factor. But come on, man, 11 sacks allowed compared to th- four from a duo here in Houston. That is utterly disrespectful. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook and make sure that you subscribe on YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.